Because I was struggling with my health, I decided to leave my last role without anything lined up. And as a father, it was hard to, to walk out of a job without anything lined up. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. People make career changes all the time. That's a normal thing. Unfortunately, many of those career changes are not great moves. In reality, what we find when we meet up with so many people after they've made a career change is that they're just running from a portion of their past job, whether it's a bad boss, a toxic environment, trying to raise their salary, trying to lower the amount of stress and responsibility, when instead they should be figuring out what they really actually want and then run towards that. So what happens if you've had that situation? What happens if you have made a career change only to realize that your previous career actually fit you much better? Technology and culture can advance or it can change quickly. How do you pivot back to your previous career path after some time has passed and make it even better? There's a lot of pressure off. I can leave at the end of the day and come home and not think about work until the next morning. And that's, you know, prioritizing family and my health. It's, it's becoming a perfect fit. That's Louis. He went to college for medical imaging. He spent years then afterwards working in the 3D imaging field. And as you might imagine, he felt like someplace along the way, he needed a career change. But once he made that change, he quickly realized that his health and his family life were being very negatively affected. Listen as he shares why he changed careers from medical imaging into IT and the struggles that he faced when he made that change. And most importantly, take a listen further in the episode to how he pivoted back into the pieces he loved most from his previous career, ultimately leading him to much, much more happiness more often in both career and the other areas of his life. I started out in college as an x-ray technologist in radiology and went further in, into a degree with um, in medical imaging. So I learned about CT and ultrasound and MRI. And in school, I did a research paper on 3D imaging. So there's a lot of applications of 3D of the heart, 3D of the vessels, bones, things like that. There's additional application that you can be involved with that go along with the software of like a CT or MRI machine. So yeah. it was a very new a very new area of medical imaging, and I found it very interesting. So I wrote a paper about this certain topic, and by writing the paper and reaching out to different people, I was able to get a job working in this very new and up-and-coming software technology. At the time, it was only in the university setting. A lot of researchers, a lot of vendors were working, collaborating with clinicians on developing this technology. And fast forward probably 15 or 20 years, making it a very mainstream part of medical imaging. So I've, I've been working in that for about 15 years. And about four years ago, I decided to take a left turn and go into more of an IT role, medical imaging informatics. So I, I moved into that role. And about three and a half to four years later, I decided, you know what, this is very interesting. I like the medical imaging informatics, but it just, 
it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was a perfect fit for me. So I kind of, I kind of did some recollecting of what I like to do and what I was good at, the kind of work that I enjoyed. And I came to the decision that I kind of wanted to get back into the 3D imaging work that I've done for so long. So the reason why I reached out to you and your team was medical imaging is a very dynamic department and, and field. And I'd been out of the area that I specialized in for four years. So I need I knew I needed to reach out via LinkedIn and, and my contacts and, and get, you know, just get back in the game. So I wanted some help because I know that I, I really had one shot to reach out to my network and wanted to be a little bit more methodical and really get some tips on on what direction to go and, and how to handle that. So I found some of your podcasts online and and I thought, man, this is this sounds really great. So the rest is history. I, I went through and went through the, the boot camp that you offer and ended up reaching out to a lot of my contacts within within medical imaging and and one before I even started pursuing a specific job that I have now. I learned a lot about my field, but I didn't even, I kind of, I guess I was in a vacuum when I left the 3D imaging area. And, <laughs> that does happen um, a lot. Yeah. So I really, I really found out how much I didn't know in a field that I've been in for 15 years. So it was a learning experience and I just started putting pen to paper and reaching out to people and requesting time like the, like the boot camp leads us to do. So that's, that's kind of a, a long summary of, of how I got to where I'm at, but uh, yeah, that, that covers on past, present, future. That's perfect. I We're going to come back and talk about several portions of that because one, I'm really interested because I haven't been able to discuss it with you firsthand up until now. But then second, I'm really curious, would you be willing to share a little bit of light on some of the big events that led you to deciding why you needed to, why you needed to change in the first place? It sounded like the the work environment at your previous role was requiring a lot. Is that putting it mildly? Yes, sure. So I, I was I was new in the field. The opportunity that that presented itself to me was because of the rapport that I built with some of the physicians that I worked with and and some of the administration. I was suggested for this position, but it was new. I, I'd had a little bit of IT training and a look, kind of a a beginner type certification, but I hadn't worked in the field directly. So I stepped in and, and worked really hard. I learned a lot, but it wasn't, it was just, it was just a lot to take on with the day-to-day work and the trying to learn and, and understand a lot of the science behind and the technology behind what I was doing. And then this is about the last year of my position. We went home and, and everybody worked from home for, for COVID. So yeah. I think, and everything happens for a reason, but I think that going home and working from home was nice and everybody's had that experience now on a grand scale. But I think what that did was kind of put me in a vacuum. And I still needed my other teammates to kind of directly interact. I mean, we had Zoom, we had web meetings, but it's just not the same. I think working from home now, I understand that for me personally, a hybrid approach would be great. It's nice and convenient to work from home, but there's always that people factor that you're not going to get unless you go in and, and with the team and meet and the talk around the water cooler type things. So that that played an impact. And, and I, I can tell that for sure, looking back that, yeah, I felt kind of on an island. And I just it eventually just felt like I, I was trying to fit in. I was trying to work really hard and I wasn't going anywhere, kind of like running on a treadmill. So with that, I thought, okay, it's, it's time to start looking. And really, after I really put my mind to, okay, what do I want to do for this next several years, if not till the end of my career? And, and that's what I really enjoyed. 
I just needed to, to kind of get out of my mindset that I was for so many years. And I think actually stepping out of the role of 3D imaging and then coming back, I have kind of a new outlook on things. So that's interesting. Tell me about that for just a minute. When you say, you know, I needed to get out of my mindset that I was in for so many years. What, what, what do you mean by that? What, what mindset did you need to get out of? I think that I was in an environment up until when I left for about eight or nine years. And it was very exciting because I brought a new technology to a, a health system that, that didn't, they hadn't been introduced to it officially. So what I did yeah. was establish a team, establish protocols, work with physicians. I put a public relations hat on and, and reached out to different specialties and service lines. And that was really exciting and our, and our volumes increased and it was, a, it was great. But then things kind of plateaued. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing because we were still busy and I just didn't feel like I was growing, which wasn't a horrible thing. But then I had this opportunity present itself to me and I thought, you know what? I think this is a way that I can grow. And I did, but it was, it was fascinating to get into the IT world. But after, I guess you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and so getting <laughs> yeah. into it, I, I learned things and I still think it's interesting. But as far as the day-to-day work, I wanted to get back into the subject, subject matter that I worked so long in. It's just stepping out of a role that you've been stale in or, or in a vacuum, come out and look at it and think, okay, I, I need to take another approach to this. So now the environment that I'm in, it's, it's also very new. This, this organization is much bigger than I, that I worked in before. A lot, of the, a lot of the structure to build this area is already there and it's not all the weight's not on me. So I can go in this department and share my expertise and my experience, but we're not really starting from the ground up. So I'm not the go-to guy anymore, <laughs> so to speak. I do have a lot of experience and I'm sharing that with my teammates, but there's a lot of pressure off. I can leave at the end of the day and come home and not think about work until the next morning. And that's prioritizing family and my health it's, it's becoming a perfect fit. So what's so interesting is I remember having a conversation with you. Jeez, when was that? I guess that was about six months ago, almost. And one of the things that you told me that you wanted, because I think I had asked you, Hey, how much do you know about what you want and what great looks like for you in the next role? And you said, you know what? I, th- I think would be perfect. And I know not everybody wants this, but I would love to just have I think you said less responsibility initially, and then we kind of pinned it down to as like a different type of responsibility because you wanted to be able to come home and focus on your family and not worry about (laughs) everything else that was going on. So it's so (laughs) fun to hear you say, hey, guess what? Now I can come home and focus on my family and my health and everything else and just not worry about. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because I I did say that and I can't answered my own question and granted my own request, I guess. So that's, that's really, I think, fascinating on many different levels, partially because I got the impression a little bit at the time. It's like, hey, I know that I want this, but I'm not sure how much I believe that is possible for my next step in, in some way or another. And I might be oversimplifying here, but yeah, what was how has your perspective on that changed from that conversation six, five, six months ago to now you making the change and having some of those opportunities where it allows you to focus on your family in more of the way you want to and allows you to focus on your health in more of the way that you want to versus how you were thinking about it back then? So I think when I first got out of my role, my past role that I left, I was my health was in 
I won't get into all the health details, but I was, I was tired all the time. It was starting to affect my health. Yeah. And at the time when I left my old position, I just wanted another job. I knew what I wanted to do and I needed help to get there, but I was willing to take <laughs> really take really to take anything that wasn't where I was. So I started looking at, okay, what I, my wife and I started working on budgets and, and I thought, okay, what, what can I work as far as salary, a bridge job, or can I take a job to get to my next job? But my, my main focus and my main priority, even till today was my health and my family. So that was, I didn't really necessarily want to move up into like management or industry where I would be traveling a lot and, and up all hours of the night. So that helped me kind of curtail my my idea of where I wanted to go. And then ultimately, you want to have a good job, great hours, great pay. You kind of make a list of things that are the pie chart of, okay, I really want this and this is okay. And you kind of rank those things in your mind. And really, the way that this opportunity came about is it's a little bit of everything. It's a great balance. So I think there's growth and there's excitement in the job. I feel like I can be a part of the team. I think I've already added some some of my experience to help things off the starting block. But again, I, I don't see in my position right now. I mean, I might have opportunities to move up and over in my in my new role, but for now in the short term, I'm completely fine with doing what I'm doing and just relaxing and not being overstressed. So I have I have my time back with my family. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm in better shape than I was when I was a young man. <laughs> And I enjoy what I do. So it's kind of a win-win. So my ideal career, I can't think of anything better than I would that I have right now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So many different ways. And I think that as I as I listen to you talk about it too, I think what is coolest for me or what I think is most impressive as I look at the change that you have made is these pieces that you had decided that you want are not always popular pieces either. Like it's not always the socially acceptable thing to do. Like for most, most of this is especially common in the, in the United States, but it is in some other countries too, where it's like, Hey, you need to move up. You need to move up. You need to have this type of growth. And we have very specific ideas of what that means. And for you, you tried that out a little bit. <laughs> in some ways and determined, Hey, this is not right for me. And then decided that, Hey, I'm going, I'm going in a direction that is right for me and right for me right now that allows me to focus on my family and health and the things that are most important to me at this point in time. So kudos to you, first of all, because <laughs> you and I both know that going against any kind of norms is <laughs> not always easy. Right. Second of all, there's no small amount of work that it takes to be able to get there. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit about what that looked like from the inside out. I think it's so so easy on some of these podcast episodes where we'll have stories and you know people are in their new role and they're excited about it and everything. And sometimes we jump over how this actually happened and it is no small amount of work. So could you take us through what were some of the key events that took place that allowed you to be able to take that get into this opportunity that you're now in. Sure. I will say that I, I would call it a struggle because happened to your career boot camp was a little overwhelming. I, I went through all the modules. Of course I jumped ahead. Um, <laughs> I would expect nothing else from you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
And so there are part of, parts about the interview and the resumes and connecting, which at first glance, you're like, okay, you're, you're searching for a new career. That's going to kind of refine what you already know and give you kind of a direction. But then there was that more of a conceptual thing of developing your strengths and finding them and, and knowing what your weaknesses are and building off your strengths with your weaknesses. That was hard to get a handle on. And so I got the, I did the strength assessment and it was very, very accurate. And I had to read through it two or three times and, and I highlighted things I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so that was very helpful, but I couldn't quite get a grasp on how that, how that would affect me professionally. So what I did was, and it really helped me out. And I talked to my coach about this is I went through as, in as much detail as I could. And I wrote down, I line itemed everything is all the interaction that I've ever had with people in every single job I put, okay. This particular situation I struggled in. This particular situation I excelled in. This this interaction with the person, this is how they were and this is how I was and I felt like I handled the situation well. So you kind of go through your mind in, in every single job. And I, I mean, it took me a while because different situations you remember, either it was really good or it was really bad. So all the good situations and how, you, how I came out of those situations would kind of reflect on my strengths. And, and like one of my strengths was that I include everybody. And I thought, okay, well, when I supervised 10 people, I made big decisions, but I tried to get, I tried to get input from my employees before I told them this is the way it was. So I thought, okay, yeah, that's, that's an example of me being an includer. So that helps gear that somewhat of an abstract concept to, okay, I need to, I need to see what kind of employee I am. I need to see what kind of boss I am. So that made everything relevant. And I really, it kind of turned some lights on and, and kind of sent me in the right direction. When you say it turned some lights on and it sent you in the right direction, what's, what's an example of that in the process? How did that change your career change process? Well, I, I think one thing that comes to mind right away was, and at this time, I, I didn't know which way I was going. Yeah. It, it really gave me, it really gave me some in-depth knowledge on what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were professionally. So now, and, and if I ever get another job or, or have to interview anything, I can really talk about my strengths and weaknesses because I think we all kind of sweat a little bit on what is your weakness? Can you tell me what you struggle with? It's kind of hard, but then with the strengths and the weaknesses that I've developed and worked with, I can really tell them and give them examples of what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. And, and I, when I interviewed that those questions weren't asked to me, but I think I was very well beyond prepared to talk to them about what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were. I think that would that alone would be a genuine response that any person interviewing you would appreciate. How are you getting to utilize your strengths now that you have a much, much better ability to articulate what what, what your strengths actually are? How are you getting to utilize those in your new role? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis for you? So there's only three people on my team right now. We, we plan on growing. But the other two people on my team, they have a different skill set than I do. And we coincide well together. And it's only been about two and a half weeks since I've had the position. But as we talk more and more, I talk about what I've worked in and they talk about what they worked in. And if they don't quite follow what I'm saying, then I'm, I make sure they're, they're they understand things and I talk from, when we talk to physicians, I kind of talk about we instead of, of me, about what we are going to do instead of what I plan to do. So it's kind of, I'm including, I don't want to take all the credit. 
I've been there and I have experience, but I'm willing to share that experience with everyone. So by that, I'm an includer. I want to be a team member. I want to be a team player. So I'll take credit when credit's due, but otherwise I can't, I can't build this and do it all on my own. So I'm not going to pretend that I, that I'm going to, that's probably, you know, and I'm, it's a very new job and that's the only example that I can give so far, but I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to come some times where I'm going to think, okay, I need some help because I know this is challenging for me to overcome. But yeah, I mean, it's by going through that research and homework, I can understand that better and probably develop them as I, as I go on what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are. What else in your, as you were going through this process, what else were some of the key events that led you to the role that you're in now? What else took place that as you look back, you're like, well, I didn't know it at the time, but <laughs> that totally led me down the path of now getting this opportunity. So this is a, uh, this is really cool. And, and I'll, I'm going to hold on to the story for a long time because it was really, it was really neat how it worked out. So when I, Scott, when we had our initial interview and in my opinion, Stanford University has one of the premier departments and, and setups in, in the type of imaging that I that I work in. And my ideal, my golden nugget would be would be to work in the Stanford University area. So long story short, I don't work at Stanford, <laughs> but on LinkedIn, I'm connected to, to the gentleman that is over the area at Stanford. And I reached out to him for a connection discussion and just a talk about what things are upcoming. I said, I've been out of the area for four years. I just want to see what you guys are doing. So he responded and said, Hey, this Friday afternoon, I'm leaving work early. I don't have a lot going on. Let's do a Friday afternoon. So all I asked was for 15 minutes and he, and we talked for 40 minutes and he gave me a lot of information, great food for thought. And then he asked me where I was from. And I said, well, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. He said, "You know what? I'm working on. I'm working with somebody in your in in the Indianapolis area that wants to build this 3D imaging platform." And I thought, "Okay, well, here we go. Here's a connection, like what we call a weak connection." And so I said, "That'd be great. Do you have his contact information?" So while we while we were, while we were having a Zoom meeting, he emailed this gentleman, and he, he replied back to the guy and said, "Hey, here's his email. He's wanting to talk to you." <laughs> so, so the gentleman that emailed me is my new boss. And so it's kind of cool how I reached out to someone in San Francisco and they connected me with someone that lives 20 minutes away from me. And what's further cool about that is we are going to be collaborating from the gentleman at Stanford. He's going to help us in some aspects of our development of our, of our imaging area. So not only do I have a new connection with LinkedIn, but I'm working with my connection and the person that connected me with my new boss. So that, that kind of worked out. And I thought, man, that couldn't happen any better at, at a better time. And a, and a, perfectly placed. So that was really cool. That is an amazing story. And what's what I always find fascinating about stories like that too, is it's not just those individual pieces. It's not just that, that reach out that led to the perfect thing and then led to the other perfect thing and boom, job opportunity. That happens to be exactly what you want. It is usually all of the other work that you had done leading up to it to begin to, one, declare what it was that you actually wanted to say, hey, look, I'm going to go for this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start reaching out to people. What the heck? I'm going to reach out to the guy in Stanford. I might as well go for the gold, right? <laughs> and right. all and like, even in some cases, like getting through all the head games that we play on ourselves, 
to be able to have those, take those actions in the first place. So really, really, really nice work. And not just with that itself, but all the things that led up to that as well. What do you, what do you feel like for you, when you think back on this process, what do you feel like was the hardest part or parts? Well, so I, because I was struggling with my health, I decided to leave my last role without anything lined up. So by far, as a father and a dad, it was hard to, to walk out of a job without anything lined up because, you know, I'm the provider, I have to have a job, but I didn't. And I need, we thought it was best that I, I not work. But, you know, we, we planned for this. We thought maybe we would someday have to live off of one income for a while. And so we did. And we, we did okay. We just put down the credit card and <laughs> really tightened our budget and, and we did fine. But I think just what was really frustrating was I did a lot of the work, but then I started reaching out to my contacts. And, and when I got to the point where I've, I reached out to all my contacts, I've done my homework. Now I just have to wait. I have to wait for somebody to reach out and say, yeah, I can talk to you. And yeah, I can. I have 10 minutes. We can talk. And I didn't have a job. So my job was to work on my career. I was just kind of in limbo and you can only search the internet for jobs and go to companies' websites and reach out to people. And so it was frustrating because I, I worked really hard at it. I got up every day and worked till probably 10, 30 or 11. And then I thought, okay, now what, now what do I do? But yeah, it was, it was frustrating. And I, and I think everybody's going to go through that when you're changing your career or, or making a big move like this, because it's just, it's a process, right? And some people don't check LinkedIn, but maybe once a month or once every other week. And if you can't, if you're not directly connected to them and can't reach out to them directly via Facebook messaging or text message, if you can't get a direct means of communication with them and LinkedIn is all you have, then that's, you have to take that into consideration that it just, it takes time. I think the waiting game in some cases, any kind of waiting, whether it's a day or whether it is you know, <laughs> right. several months is quite possibly one of the hardest parts in general, because what's really interesting, we have a we have a tendency to have lots of people that would describe themselves as wanting to be in control, in one way mm-hmm. or another. That listen to this show, listen to this podcast, and and that we also work with too. And uh, when that is your nature or tendency, it feels doubly challenging, <laughs> and that that in itself can be just a very real challenge that sometimes feels like it shouldn't be a challenge in one way or another. The other thing I really wanted to ask you too about was it's been five, six months or so since you really said, Hey, look, I'm making this change. Here's how it's going to happen. And really embarked on all of the time, effort, energy, actions that made it take place. But if you were to go back to that time period, five months ago, six months ago, back to where you're like, hey, I, I know that I need to make this change. I'm going to make this a priority. What advice would you give that person that's in that place? I, I think what we just talked about with the waiting game and, and the frustration, just just be patient. And LinkedIn is the best, I think is the best way to communicate. But you can also go to websites, go to the contact us, You know, talk to people. I think people genuinely want to talk to you about their craft. The people that did respond to me were happy to talk to me. I think that if they see that you're taking initiative and you genuinely are interested in what they're doing or what they can provide you, I wouldn't be afraid to reach out to anyone. I think that's that's the key. And I 
And I kind of had that in mind, but looking back, it really is. I mean, everybody that reached back out to me said, sure, I can talk to you. And and the gentleman from Stanford, we turned a 15 minute chat into a 40 minute conversation. So I I think be optimistic about that component because when you do your homework and, and have a, get a little content in your, in your questions so you can, they know that you've done your homework and then they're definitely going to be genuinely interested in helping you get to where you're going. So yeah, I, I think just really focus on if you don't have LinkedIn, if you're younger, just reach out to your contacts from college or maybe some, if you know somebody's parents that are in a field that you might like to get into. Again, I think anyone's going to be interested in, in you wanting to be interested in what they're doing. So that's, that's huge. One, one other question for you. I, I noticed that if I remember correctly, and I apologize if I'm getting this wrong, I might be making this up or confusing it with another conversation. Did you and I talk about way back when were, when you were saying health issues, was part of that you were having seizures? Am I making that up? No, I was. So I do have a history of seizures. And looking back up until recently, I'd had them about every 20 years. With an uptick in, in the frequency of them, we had to do a little bit more digging. Yeah. And looking back, every seizure that I had, there was a formula of exhaustion and stress. Interesting. So that's kind of what, what we had to, had to get control of. And part of what led me out of my last role was there was a lot of after hours work. And so I, I had to figure out something that I like to do on the premise that it was a, it was a normalized sleep schedule. Yeah. In medical imaging and healthcare, that's hard to find. Yes, it is. We, um, we chatted. So, about, I remember vividly chatting <laughs> with you about that part. <laughs> like, right. I, so that was challenging because I did, I really didn't know where I was going to go. So I, I, that's why I said, you know, I just, I, I can't think straight and I can't focus on myself and my health and my career yeah. when I have this very demanding job that's, that's wearing me out. And that's what led to me just, just resigning without having anything lined up. So yeah, it was scary. And because I left my other role and, and I know the first module in, in bootcamp is to, to manage your time. Yeah. That was one thing that was nice about not having a, a job is I can really focus in on, on where I wanted to go. So I, I guess a takeaway point, and it's very hard to do this, but if you've had enough and you can't, and you can't even think straight, you're so tired and you want to focus on you take a leave of absence or FMLA, or there's, there's a lot of things that you can look into. I looked into FMLA and actually took a little time, but didn't but found out that it just wasn't enough. So I, I left the position, but even if you submit with your physician and say, uh, you know, whatever, I, I need to get my sleep under, under wraps or my stress level needs to come down so I can have more clarity of thought. I think it's not out of the question. I mean, that's what it's there for. So yeah, I think that was, was very helpful looking back. I'm glad I did it, even though it was very, very uncharted waters and it would be for anybody. This type of thing doesn't get talked about enough, but it's something that many people are experiencing in a variety of different ways, especially the impacts from their work. It may not be exactly the same as your situation, but we talk to so many people every single day that have... Right. Very substantial impacts on their health. And I think that one of the things that I've learned over the years is that hearing about it from other people helps to pave the way to whoever is listening, allowing them to do something about it for themselves. Even if we're not working with them, that yeah. like they're 
they're taking serious steps on making a move that is very, very valuable. And that's part of the reason why, you know, as I share my story, I always incorporate those pieces in too, so that people will recognize some of those commonalities in there. And I will add that about a year before I left my position, I did try, I applied for another job, but that job included several interviews, one of which was about an hour away. So I just had a I just had to tell my boss I wasn't available because we are, it was a very busy time and he wasn't granting PTO. So I just left. I just told him I'm not available today. And it, it wasn't received well, but it was stressful. I mean, I, I obviously didn't, I didn't get the job, but I, I did go pretty far in the interview process. Yeah. So that period of time, the stress was multiplied because I was trying to put my best foot forward. I was trying to do my best to get the job. I think I did well. The company that I interviewed for said you were one of the final candidates. We just we had we found somebody that was a better fit, and that was fine. But it was disheartening because all the work and and time that I put into that with yeah. with everything that was going on with my job. So again, you know, if you're going to do it, and then especially if it's your health and you're you're having trouble being a mom or a dad, I mean, hey, take a second. You know, take a week, take three or four weeks off because it's just not worth your health. Hey, if you love this story where we talk through and walk you through step-by-step how someone got to more meaningful work, then you'll absolutely love our audiobook, Happen to Your Career, An Unconventional Approach to Career Change and Meaningful Work. I even got to narrate it, which was so fun and something that I really enjoy doing and will definitely do for future books as well. But it also contains firsthand accounts from career changers on how they made the move to more meaningful work just like we include on the podcast here. And actually, it's been called the best audiobook experience ever by some reviewers. <laughs> you can find those reviews and the book itself on Audible, Amazon, or any other place where books are sold. Seriously, just pause this right now and go over to Amazon or Audible or wherever you want and download it. You can be reading it and start it on your career change in literally seconds. Now, here's a sneak peek into what's coming up next week, right here on Happen to Your Career. With overthinking, you are waiting often for some external sign, right? The universe is going to tell you what to do, going to point you in the right direction. It's going to give you the answer. Look, if you're listening to this, it is highly possible you're an overthinker. We have many, many people that listen to this podcast that are very, very smart and very, very talented and very, very good at overanalyzing. I definitely fall into that category too. (laughs) I've been an overthinker in so many different ways for many, many years, more than I care to share. Now, we know that sometimes it's hard for us to see when we've waited too long And we're getting stuck in limbo because we haven't made a decision to move forward. And and we see this all the time. People that get stuck on that decision to move forward with their career and ultimately their life. Okay, one day, if, if you fall in this category, and it's definitely been me, one day you wake up and realize that your job is, you know, sucking the life out of you in one way or another. And maybe it's been great in the past. But now, because you've been waiting and waiting for some huge flashing sign that screams, now is the time to make a change, you find yourself stuck in a whirlwind of indecision and inaction. 
how can you give yourself the push to take action and begin a change? All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out.